Hello and welcome to HBC's M5 podcast, that time where we get together to talk about yesterday's music and message, the mission and ministry of HBC and whatever is on your mind. And I am John Wilson, your host, and I am here with our communications director, audio engineer extraordinaire, Becca Smith. And I'm also joined by two wonderful people from uh, Hepzibah's student ministry gone past and now uh, moved fully into uh, semi-adulthood, fully into semi-adulthood. How do you like that? So uh, Ethan Bragg, Ethan, say hello to the folks. Good morning. And Macy Wallace. Hello. And uh, we're going to spend some time in the middle of today's podcast just talking about their experience this summer from Word of Life. But before we do that, uh, I, I just wanted to say a few things. You know, two weeks ago, we spent some time, Macy, talking to your dad about his 25th anniversary because he was going to be out of town last week. And we got to celebrate that last night. And I, I thought it was just such a wonderful uh, experience. And one of the things that we talked about a couple of weeks ago was what it means to uh, be a part of a church for such a long time that uh, you can contribute to the direction that it's headed. You can see relationships grow and develop. And that's part of the story that we're going to talk about this morning as we think about you guys' experience here at Hepzibah. But, you know, just to ask you off the bat, like, what, what was it like to participate in last night? What was it like to uh, your whole life. He's been here 25 years. You've been here your whole life. So what's it been like to grow up in this place? Um, I mean, it was just really cool to see a lot of people that we sent in church plants come back um, and just all spend time together to celebrate like what God has done in our church. Um, not just my dad, because I mean, he's great, but honestly, a lot of that is the Lord um, and just how he's blessed the church in these last 25 years. Um, and I just, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing everyone. I enjoyed uh, remembering all the good things that have happened. I went home very grateful, actually, and um, just got a little emotional at home because it was just really cool to see uh, how the Lord has worked, uh, not just in our church, but in my family's lives as well through that ministry. Yeah, I, I think I think that's an awesome thing to think about. And, you know, and you're right, uh, 100%. It is, uh, and your dad said it well, it, it is what God is doing in this place. But I think part of the thing that comes with longevity is the opportunity to get to see that. Uh, and that was even cool as we think about the music of HBC as cause, as last night was kind of a throwback night from a band perspective. I mean, we had tons of people uh, contributing to worship that have played here throughout the years. And I think sometimes when we think about raising up leaders, which we talk about often, we, we think about people that teach, we think about people that go out and plant churches and preach. But what folks don't realize is raising up leaders happens in our bands too. It happens when you take a person from maybe, you know, uh, being in our student ministry to playing in our student band, to playing in our worship band, to sending them out with a church plant. And it was really neat to see how many people uh, just fantastic musicians, great worshipers of the Lord, great leaders in worship we've been able to send out to different places and to have them all back here under one roof. Ethan has Ethan looks like he has something he wants to say about that. <laughs> no, not, not really. Other than uh, it was just it was really cool to be able to play with um, Kevin uh, Wattenbarger and uh, Brian Keats um, and all because I, I just learned from all of them. Like everything I know, everything I did, um, I learned from them. I shadowed Kevin when I was just a little teenager instead of a big teenager now, I guess. But, you know, um, but I learned what I learned from, from them and, and growing with them would be, was really cool. And I mean, you know, they were a student band years ago. They all started when they were 14 and now they're older, but they're still doing it at a church plant. And we've raised up new band members and whatnot. And it's just cool to see. And, and it's cool for me to be able to play with them again and, and 
And yeah, it was a good night. It was a good night. So. Yeah, it, it really was. And you know, one of the things that I just I just think about that is like having these fantastic musicians together and thinking about the amount of time that they all played together. It would be really tempting for us to think, man, we've got this fantastic band. Let's just hang on to it. Like, let, let's just do everything that we can to keep those people in this place. And our strategy has not been that. It's been, let's send them out and we'll raise up new people to play. And I, and I think that that just speaks to our, our willingness to do that with a band speaks to our willingness to do that with really any leader and to say that right behind them are people like yourself who who are playing, who are practicing, who are learning up underneath them. And until we send them out, um, they don't get a chance to grow and to flourish and to really truly develop into who God has called them to be. And so it was just a just a fantastic time to to celebrate. You know, last night was a huge night, but there's still a whole lot of August left. And I just want to uh, in, in terms of our ministry, talk about a few things that um, may be on people's mind or maybe they hadn't heard about yet. Uh, Lake Day is coming up at the end of this month, Saturday, August 26th. A great day uh, for us to fellowship as a church, a great day of food, fun, on-car lake, lots of hanging out in the water. Of course, baptisms. If you haven't signed up yet for Lake Day, if you're wanting to be baptized uh, for Lake Day, please sign up and let us know that you're coming so that we can plan appropriately and we can reach out to you. But it is a fantastic day. Uh, one of the things I love about Lake Day is it's just this informal time where you get to talk to people that you, you might not get to talk to on a normal Sunday morning. Maybe they're in a different hour or a different connect group or you're serving in different places, but that just allows time for us to just sit and fellowship as the whole body, be together. We sing some songs on the lakeside. We get to do baptisms, and then uh, we get to play in the water. And so it's a fantastic day uh, of fellowship. And that is followed directly by our annual meeting on Sunday the 27th. That's Sunday night uh, at 5 o'clock, the 27th. And I just want to invite everybody that's listening to, to attend that. Um, even if you're not a member, even if you've just been visiting with us, come in here. This is our one chance a year to talk about the things that the Lord has been doing this past year and the things we see that he's calling us to this coming year. Uh, and we do spend some time towards the end of the meeting voting on a budget and getting some church business out of the way. If you're not a member, obviously you won't be able to vote, but I still encourage you to come, to just hear, to get excited uh, about what is ahead this year. And one of the things that I think is going to be really exciting about this and one of the things that we've been wanting to talk about on the podcast um, some this year is a few of the goals that we have set as a church. We've set four large goals uh, to guide us as a staff over the next 10, 20 years. They, they are, we want to plant uh, reproducing, self-sustaining churches. We want to have a shared life and a shared mission. That's kind of how Lake Day uh, configures into it, right? Because we, we want to do things together. It's not just about the mission that we have. It's about us encouraging each other and sharing life together as the church. We want to give more than we keep. That's our, that's our third goal. So in everything that we try to do, whether it's band members or leaders or finances, we're trying as a church to give away more than we keep. And then the fourth thing, and this is going to be the focus of our annual meeting, is every member makes disciples. We believe that every member of this church has been called to make disciples. And I think that that's just a, a perfect segue to talking about you guys' experience with Word of Life. And so if you if you don't know Word of Life, um, is an institute focused on young people, primarily on youth discipleship and young people. They have uh, facilities in Florida and in New York. Um, they, they host summer camps, but they also have 
uh, Bible Institute. And, and that's where you guys have been the last year. You've spent uh, a whole year in Word of Life's Bible Institute down in Florida. And, I, I, you know, first and foremost, I just am curious, Ethan, Macy, what, what, what made this decision for you guys to say, you know, rather than maybe doing what some of my peers are doing, I'm going to spend a year. I'm going to give a year of my life, which is really, it's more than a year because it's two summers. It's a summer on either end and then a whole year in between of classes uh, going to this Bible Institute and trying to see what it is that the Lord has for me. What 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 made that decision for you? Uh, I know for me, it was back when Nathan Miller was working here um, and his parents started coming to our church. They are the ones that introduced Word of Life to our youth group. Um, and they, it's David and Erlene Livingston. Mm-hmm. David and um, Erlene. Shout out. They uh, really just helped me to kind of see what Word of Life was about in a way that they um, just took us to camps and they took me to honestly like any Word of Life event they could because it just kind of grabbed my attention specifically. Um, and so after going to our first camp in 2019 on the island, I was just very interested in Word of Life. The people there were just so like happy and um, excited. And of course, some of that is like camp environment too, but a lot of them just shared with me how Word of Life was like shaping and molding their lives for the future. And I just thought that was a really cool thing. Um, and so since then, I'd been like wanting to go, uh, but I definitely think I wanted to go more for the fun camp side of it. I hadn't necessarily grasped the entire educational side um, until later on when I went to camps in Florida. And for juniors and seniors, they have these. Uh, meetings during camp like for dinner or for breakfast where they just explain to you what the year looks like Um, and from there I just definitely knew like that was kind of where I wanted to be because uh, even though I was a pastor's kid there was just not I didn't have a ton of knowledge on things in the Bible like I knew the basics but there was a lot of things I didn't totally understand that um, I knew were important and I wanted to learn how to better take all of those things and apply it to my life um, in a way that I just wasn't able to totally grasp on my own here um and not to say that nobody here could teach me that, but I think sometimes the best growing you can do is outside of your home, outside of um, your comfort places like our church, um, to just kind of push you to want to learn more in a way that you just haven't necessarily done before. Um, so for me, that was just kind of the basic of why I wanted to go. Um, so yeah. Ethan, what about you? Um, well, really, uh, Macy hopped on the train far before I did. She was more kind of just into it, ready to go. Um, I went to New York as a camper as well. I think my freshman year of high school is an awesome time. I loved it. It it was great. Um, Great atmosphere, great people. Um, But, and honestly, for me, considering the Bible Institute, the first motive was really just to stay with my people, to be comfortable, to, to, like, I wanted to stick with her. That wasn't a correct motive, right? You know, so um, as time went on, I was working at uh, a tire shop, uh, just kind of getting in a comfortable situation. Um, I was playing here, and I was still growing, but it just, I was I was fairly stagnant. I wasn't, you know, I, I just wasn't growing like I should have been. Um, and so over time, God started to kind of just work on my heart. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, I could, I could just, I could do long distance for a year with Macy, or I could go with her. And I was like, okay, I'll go with her. But then... Just over time, God took that 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 invalid motive of me following somebody that I shouldn't be, and then turning into something that gave me a a, a realization that I needed more teaching um, in order to grow. And and like by the time it was six months to a year before you know I I'd committed, and from then that point on, I mean it, it, the need for for teaching and growth just became more and more relevant. 
and you know I would go to summer camp and I'd be like okay this is this is I, I would get more and more excited every time and and you know I was worried going up to it but especially as you got into the year I mean it's just the learning I mean the Genesis 1 through 11 class that we take at the very beginning of the, re- the year was probably the most I had learned in a really long time I mean it's just it's it's crazy the, the intentional um, study that you get there um, it's just different and and taking you out of your comfort zone because I, I was very comfortable like that's not a bad thing to be comfortable but it is whenever you're just not growing or learning like it was a very just daily thing for me so I think taking taking me out of that comfort zone was probably the best thing that could have happened for me um, so it, it wasn't a very it wasn't like an easy decision it wasn't like a at first it was for wrong motives too but God uses that to, to put me in the correct position. So so I think for a lot of our folks that are familiar with, you know, Word of Life, especially in the last, you know, several years, the thing that they really know about it is is the summer camp. And the, and the summer camp is is fantastic. I, I, you know, it's, I heard both of you guys say it's the part of the reason that you wanted to go there was your experience during summer camp. And I think that's a lot of people's uh, experience and the scale of ministry that they do there during the summer uh, is is just a little bit staggering. I mean, I think I heard that this summer they had 5,300 or so people that attended uh, camp in Florida, that there were 3,300 dedications and 848 salvations, which is just an amazing thing to try to wrap your brain around doing that in the course of an eight or, or 10 week summer. Uh, but what you guys have been up to the last year has not just been that summer camp, that exciting, that go, 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 that all day long, 6 a.m. to probably midnight uh, experience, but also uh, the Bible College. So talk to us a little bit uh, for a second about what the Bible College was like. What were some of your key takeaways as you spent time over this last year between summers uh, digging into God's Word? Yeah, so honestly, the... um the Bible Institute year is a lot more intense than I kind of expected it to be, um, but in such a good way. The academics portion of it, uh, we always described it as trying to drink water from a fire hose because you're just getting so much information so fast. Like in seminary, you can kind of get a lot of these things throughout a few years, but there, like you get a lot of information in just one year. Um, we would have our main semester long classes like theology or uh, Old and New Testament literature survey and stuff like that. Um, that just lasted the whole like semester long, and you uh, just had a lot of projects, a lot of just so much information. We went time through each and every book, um, just explaining and trying to understand uh, like just what's happening in that book and what the Lord is trying to teach us in that. Um, and then you also have these week-long classes. Um, every week they're different. There was a few that were two weeks long, but for the most part they were subtopics a week long each. Um, and those even were just amazing because you learned so much. We had, I think my favorite one was um, probably our Daniel class was amazing because that's just one of those books that like you you read it, but like you just don't, I don't know, you just don't think about it too much. And it was just really cool to dive into that and see how to ver- like very much so apply it into your life. Um, so the academics portion was just really big, honestly, for me, it was just cool to learn a lot. Um, and then there's also the ministry portion. Everyone there is put on a ministry team. Um, so it's not just like the people on band are doing stuff and people on uh, drama team are doing stuff, but they also have local church ministry teams that go to churches and work with kids and youth groups and just help serve there. Um, and there was camps teams that also went out and did events and um, would just do inflatables and stuff like that for anything. 
Um, so there's just, it's really cool that they emphasize ministry just as much as academics. Um, it was required, but it was so, like, it was just worth it. It was fun for everybody um, and just a really cool opportunity to grow. And then there's also service. We all worked on campus um, and just, like, had different jobs. And so it was just a cool opportunity to learn to have a happy heart for serving um, in a place like that that you normally wouldn't necessarily uh, find other places. So I think all three of those things combined just are just a huge formula for growth um, in general. Yeah, Ethan, what do you think? Uh, well, she kind of covered uh, covered most of it. Um, but uh, I, I think I think when when you talk about the numbers for the summer for summer camp and and talk about the the volume that they do it in and and they do it they do it really well. They've been doing it for a long time. But I think I think the reason they can do that is because every year they have. 100 plus 120 plus students who just come and they are poured into and they get to pour out during the school year like it, it there's really not a place in the world where you can study the bible for a year straight every single day and be poured into by people who have insane knowledge um that can really articulate the word and then directly after a couple week break you get to pour into students for nine weeks you know it's, it's there's not really a place that you can do that and so i think I think word life structure in that way, um, just pouring into and discipling and, and really working with throughout the year, teaching them how to work well, teaching them how to work under not really ideal circumstances. There are a lot of situations where word life works you really hard, where you don't work in the best conditions where, or you don't, you know, they ask you to push through and you're kind of a little sick. Now, they don't mistreat, but, you know, they, they, they teach you how to work well and how to serve well. Um, and I think that really does reflect in their summer ministry. But really, I mean, uh, summer camp is just a large concentration of a, of a school year. And once you hit the school year, it's like drinking out of a fire hydrant, like she said. It's, you can't get everything. All you can do is just write it down and try and get what you can get, you know. And there were some classes that were much more influential than others, just depending on the speaker and whatnot. But, you know, we'd have speakers from Liberty and, and you know, just these high-caliber schools that would come and just teach at our school. Um, so it was a really cool opportunity to just get connection as well, but just to, te- to, t- to hear from people who are just extremely knowledgeable. Um, but I think that all that does reflect into their summer ministry. One of the things I love that both of you kind of hit on is just the opportunity to take the things that you're learning and to, to do something with it. I think so many times the part that we get wrong about our spiritual growth is we, we think that it happens in a Bible study or in a classroom, and certainly our depth of knowledge grows in those situations. You talked about Daniel, right? There's, there's things about Daniel that you can't understand until you really get the context of what's going on. Otherwise, so much of it is lost on you, but yet I think... Daniel or any other book, what we learn from the study of the Bible is only really translated into our hearts when we when we put it into practice, when we go and we teach somebody else and we lead somebody else and we guide somebody else. And I, what I hear you guys saying is it wasn't just, even though maybe you thought you were going for a Bible institute, it wasn't just sitting in a classroom all day long that was shaping. It was taking that information and then going out and ministering to people in the Lord's name, with the new information that you had so that you're growing as you're learning. Is that a fair way to, to state that? Mm-hmm. Yep. So h- how has that shaped your guys' view of discipleship? I mean, it's something we spend so much time talking about here, uh, making disciples and, and how we all are personally involved in discipleship. How has how you guys think about what it means to disciple others been shaped by your time at Word of Life? Gosh, I think that was honestly like one of my favorite parts um, and definitely something that changed me the most this year was at home, I, 
like before real life, my view of discipleship was just like, oh, I see them on Sundays and Wednesdays and we can talk. And if they have time for me, we can meet up sometime when we are able to, you know. Um, but at Word of Life, it's like, it's consistent. Like you have, you meet once a week with your discipler that they, um, I think it's optional, but most everybody does do it. You get a discipler and you meet up every single week, at least once. And I think for me, it was just something really cool to see how consistency in discipleship changes so much. Um, I was going through a really rough time right before I went to Word of Life, and it was just a super dark, hard place for me. And while I was having people pour into me, it was just, um, I needed something very consistent, someone that can mentor me um, for more than just like in the moment when I needed it. They were um, continuously pouring into me, continuously pointing me to Christ, and it was just something that completely changed like my life. I com- it really changed how I was living and how I viewed God for myself because I just started to see how, um, you know, God's not just this guy that my parents told me to talk to when I'm upset or, you know, things like that. Like, he, he's real, and he can really help you get out of just some really hard times. Um, and I just, I don't know, the discipleship really helped me to get to that point where I could see who God was for myself and um, start to lean on him more when things were hard. Yeah, the, the credibility and the investment in a discipleship relationship is really key, right? Like we actually have to care about what's going on in somebody else's life for discipleship to be effective. It's not just uh, here or there. And sometimes we get a great blessing and we're able to do something significant in those here or there moments. But real discipleship happens in difficult circumstances over a long period of time where we've built up credibility and where we've shown ourselves to be invested in people's lives. So that, that, that I think, is an amazing story. Ethan, what would you share about how uh, your view of discipleship has changed over being, being at Word of Life? For sure. Um, you know, I had, I had, I had, pro- I had technically multiple disciples. I had about two or three. Um, and, you know, I, they couldn't meet as consistently with me, but one of the things that one of them told me was that, Really, discipleship, a lot of it is just living with the person, like walking through life on a daily basis with the person. And so um, one of those was Gavin Andrews. He does the music down in Florida, and so he was a big impact in my life. And then another one was uh, Justin Crow, who is the assistant camp director at this point. But um, the way that they were able to teach me in, a, in just a, a common-sense logistical kind of way, um, because they were just a couple steps ahead of me. They're, they're not that old. They're not, you know these like 70 year old wise men with gray long beards that can teach me all the secrets to life but but they're just a couple steps ahead and so I think I think the way discipleship really just has just changed for me is that it's really just living life with somebody it's not just a Sunday Wednesday thing it's just living life with and pouring into um, it's it's a consistent day-to-day checking in on accountability relationship and and usually it turns into a friendship that's enjoyable and fruitful uh, that, that you can rely on so I think that, that it, it has changed from more of a, a Sunday-Wednesday thing just to a consistent thing. Um, and I think one of the things that I've seen just traveling to other churches, other groups, being a word of life, is that everybody carries the weight. Like, you can't just be a pastor or a student pastor just, just trying to disciple. Like, if our student leaders or if, if our D group leaders are not discipling well, then you know we can we can feel that. So I think I think that it's it's one of those things where it's like it's a group effort. It can't just be Pastor Aaron or you or anybody that can just lead everybody. You know it's a, it's a group work, and I think Hetzba does that really well with our connect groups and everything like that. And so I think that 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 having that growth, having that consistent pouring into, 
um, you know, we can always get better. I mean, I we can always get better. You know, where life doesn't always do it perfectly. And I was never met with every single week, but that relationship was always still there. Um, they were always still living with me, still pouring into me. So I think that's kind of the way it's changed for me. Yeah, and, you know, something in there that was just brilliant, I think, is a lot of people would say, and, and maybe even you guys yourselves, right? You would say, well, what do I, you know, I'm, I'm 18, 19 years old. What do I have to offer? What do I have to disciple somebody? And there's probably a lot of people that are listening that would say, man, I'm a relatively new Christian, or, you know, I just don't know enough. And I love how you said, you know, it's not like they were way down the road. They were just a couple of steps ahead and willing to kind of look back and go, hey, this this is where I can pour into you and I can help you grow. And it's only because I'm, I'm just a few steps ahead because somebody took the time to do that with me. And so I think that's an incredible challenge to all of us as we think about how do we make disciples? How do we be the church? How do we make it so, just like you said, Ethan, that it is a, it is a group effort it's everybody doing what they can. And even if you're only a few steps ahead of somebody, you're a few steps ahead of somebody. Uh, even if it's your first day following Christ, you know more about Jesus than somebody uh, around you. And I think that's that's a fantastic thing to be thinking about when we think about making disciples. The last thing that I, I wanted to talk about with you guys is I know recently y'all have uh, received the invite to be a part of uh, their band for this upcoming year. Now, what's the official name of this band? It's Legacy. Overflow Legacy. It's the Overflow Legacy yeah. Band, and it is, uh, you play at Word of Life events, you travel to other churches and play uh, by request at church events for the whole next year. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm I'm understanding it's a pretty big deal to be invited to participate in this band, right? Yeah, yeah sort of. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's uh, an alumni band. So they have their school year band, which is just Overflow. Um, that's put together every year at the beginning of the school year. Um, but then they have an overflow legacy band, who, which is alumni or people who um, exceed or, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Most of the time, it's second-year students, so people who have been in the Word Life program for two years. Um, but they had some people drop out, and so they had open spots. And ultimately, it was not our, it was not our plan to do, to do legacy. It was not in, really in the playbook for me. I was looking forward to coming home, and about week six of camp, after I had been mentally preparing myself to head home and, and start working and, and settle down. Um, the opportunity arose, and I was like, I don't know. Um, and, you know, she was like, we're doing it. And then I was like, okay, hold on. So, uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think it'll be an interesting opportunity. I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but it definitely wasn't the plan. But, you know, it, it is usually for um, the second-year students. But, you know, every once in a while that will have first years. It's nothing, nothing too crazy, but... Uh, yeah, it's a cool opportunity. So, so Macy, walk us through what the next year looks like participating in this legacy band. What are some of the kind of things that you'll be doing? What what does life look like for you guys for the next year? Yeah. So, um, in the next year, we just we obviously will be like mostly handling music. So we travel all across the states. Um, the farthest we'll go is California. I mean, we literally go from like one end to the other, um, and we'll play for camps and events. We go to churches and for them we go to schools and we'll do their chapels and stuff like that so we're just kind of all over wherever we can be um, doing music and also just like we'll get opportunities to teach um, mainly to guys obviously but um, in some situations like all of us will get to be able to teach a lesson or um, just we always have opportunities to talk to kids too and just share the gospel with them um, so in a way it is like it is missions we are going out and we are talking to people sharing the gospel um, teaching them leading them in worship um, there's just uh, there's just so much going on in that small amount of time. It's just really cool. Um, and, yeah, we just kind of travel all over and do that. It's it's 
don't know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it, what I hear is that it's the practical opportunity for you guys to just continue to grow your skill set. I mean, God has gifted you both tremendously, you know, Macy, you, uh, to be able to sing and Ethan, I don't know if there's any instruments you don't play. You probably can play them all. I know that you play the, I know that you play the guitar, but I, I'm betting you can pick up others and play them as well. And so just to grow that, that gift that he's given you and to, to hone your skill uh, while getting to encourage uh, the, the church, build up the body all across the country, uh, and and pour into to kids from, to, from time to time. So this is a whole year-long commitment, right? Um, and I know that Word of Life uh, takes care of some of the travel and things like that, but you guys are responsible to uh, to to raise your own coverage for the time that you're going to be uh, you're going to be a part of this band. Is that right? Yes. So one of the things that I want to just invite you guys to do is uh, is right in the right in the description, right in the comments, we have uh, we have a link to both uh, Macy and Ethan's uh, fundraising. So if you're listening to this podcast, I'd love for you to to go and just to see how you could participate. One of the ways that Word of Life is able to accomplish the scale of ministry that they that they do is they rely a lot. Uh, on people to be able to to self fundraise for some of these things, and so while you guys have been afforded with an incredible opportunity to grow and to develop your skills, it comes at the cost of the church needing to come behind you and to be able to uh, support some of this time uh, away for you to focus on playing in these bands and growing uh, the kingdom and growing your skill set and preparing yourself for future ministry. Um, and, uh, and we would love to support you in that. And so if that's something that you want to do, I'd encourage you talk to Ethan and Macy, check out the description on the podcast, um, and, and, and invest in their future. It's only a year. Uh, but if you can give towards, uh, letting them participate in this band so that they can focus wholly on the work that the Lord has for them, uh, that would be a wonderful, wonderful blessing. As we work on uh, as we work on wrapping up uh, this morning, one of the things that I just wanted to point to from our message, uh, we didn't have any questions come in uh, over the week, so I'm not going to take any questions this morning. But one of the things that I just wanted to call out from yesterday's message is that uh, Aaron's second point was believe that you are who Jesus says you are, and he sort of pointed to uh, Simon and he, and he pointed to the things that Christ could see in him that 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 Peter couldn't see himself. And in, and in giving him a new name, he, he called out a part of his identity that, uh, that, that maybe Peter just had never really realized. And so one, I, I want to ask you guys in closing, like, what are the things about yourself that you're recognizing that uh, th- this is who God has made you to be? And maybe you didn't know it before, uh, but where you want to lean into being who it is that Jesus says you are. Uh, and then I want to put that question to the audience and let them think about that too. But for for you guys, what any any aha moments over the course of this year? What is what has God gifted and called you to that you need to lean into? I think for me, like um, growing up, I was a very <laughs> intense and <laughs> kind of aggressive child. Um, and so this year, I learned so much about grace. I think that's just kind of been like my word to cover the year. Um, not only because I saw how much grace God was giving me in my own life and in the things that I've done, but how I pour that grace onto others. Um, not just in like when they do me wrong or anything like that, but just like seeing people so different and being able to love them so differently because I can give them the grace that the Lord has given me. Um, just, I don't know, it blows my mind to see how the Lord has given me grace and to be able to look at other people and love them no matter what because 
I've seen grace given to me, so I see grace on like on them. It's just, I don't know, that's just been a huge thing for me this year, and I've become a little more, a little, mostly, kind of, you could tell me, but I've become more gentle. Um, and just how I <laughs> talk to people and how I act around them, just because I just, things have changed, and um, seeing God's grace, I just choose to live differently and see and treat others differently. Ethan, what about you? How are you leaning into, you know, believing that you are who Jesus says you are? I think that that it was an interesting progression throughout the year. And my, my first semester was was difficult. Um, the way I described it was, you know, when you have a soda in a glass and you hit it on the table and all the bubbles rise to the top. <laughs> it's kind of like one of those things where the more time I spent in the Word, because I had never spent that much time in the Word. I You know, I did a quiet time inconsistently. I was not great at it. Um, but the more time I spent in the Word... All of the sin issues in my life, big or small, the ones I knew about, the ones I didn't know about, just rose to the top. I had to deal with them. Um, and and being honest with with the disciples that I had or whatever, just, just changed the way that I think, that I thought. Um, and really throughout the year, as those sin issues came up and I dealt with them and was being like able to be honest with people and, and grow in that area, um, honestly, I, I learned how screwed up my brain is, how, how much of a sinner that I am naturally. Um, and so I think just learning less of me, more of God is one of the biggest things for me. I, I don't know exactly at this moment, like, hey, this is what God has called me to be. I just, I just don't know. But I think that it, throughout the year, I've learned to trust that that God's got a plan, right? And so I think, like, one of the questions I had to ask myself in the decision to, to play on Legacy versus come home and start working is, am I working and living for a career or money or, or a degree, or whatever that looks like, or, you know, whoever, where am I living and working for Christ? Ultimately, what is, what matters most? Like, what am I here for? And I think that's a question that, that we all really need to ask ourselves, and what I had to ask myself, and I'm still coming to grasp with, because a lot of the times my nature is to rely on myself constantly. So I think, I think it's a question that I'm still really figuring out to this day, but I think really learning and implementing less of me, more of God, because more of me it's just going to mess up all the time. I can't, it's like, it's, I will constantly play the wrong chords, but if God can't work through those wrong chords, then what's the point, right? You know, more times this year, I would mess up a gospel presentation or I would do horribly singing, like really bad, but it was okay. Like it, it didn't matter. So I think that's one of the things I've had to learn. It's just less me, more of God. Yeah, so and and I think that's just a great encouragement for our audience. You know, if if you've been saved by Christ, uh, he he loves you, he desires you, he has bought you with his precious blood, and he desires to use you. And there there are unique and special things in the way that he has created each and every one of you. And so, no, no matter what doubt creeps in, no matter how the devil tries to tell us that we can't be good enough because of we don't feel capable because of sin issues in our life, because of all of these things, you have a Savior who loves you, who has gifted you, who desires to use you for the growth of his kingdom. And, uh, and I think, you know, what a wonderful encouragement from Aaron yesterday to, to, to believe that we are who Jesus says we are, not who the world tells us we are, not who the devil tries to lie to us and tell us we are, not who sometimes we try to deceive ourselves into believing that we are, but we are who Jesus says we are. Uh, and that means that we are we are chosen instruments in His hand for 
the growth of his kingdom so that we can extend grace to other people so that we can see uh, the world that we live in changed with the hope of the gospel. And so that's my encouragement to you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's uh, M5 podcast. Again, please hit that subscribe button or check us out uh, on Apple Podcasts if you would prefer that to Spotify. And we look so much forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week, church.